This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Good afternoon, I'm Libby Zneimer. Welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. Now, everybody's on the same page with the same goal and looking for excellence. They're not interested in how old you are. They're interested in who's going to do the best job. That's Olympic silver medalist Leslie thompson Willie. She was the coxswain for the women's eight rowing team, and at 52 years old, she brought years of mental and physical experience to the race. Today, she'll join me to talk about being an Olympic athlete at this age and what it was like to stand on the podium for the fifth time. Plus, CARP goes to the movies. Adina Lebo, the chair of the downtown Toronto CARP chapter, is here to tell us about their classic film series. And this week, the legendary Broadway and film composer Marvin Hamlish passed away at the age of 68. We'll pay tribute with some of his incomparable work, and we'll hear part of an interview he gave to the new AM740 just one year ago. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Joe Courtney, a Democratic member of the U.S. Congress, has proposed a bill that will expand Medicare coverage for nursing homes. Currently, seniors who are discharged from hospitals into nursing homes only receive Medicare coverage if they spent three or more days in the hospital under inpatient care. Those who spent less than three days or were only under observational care are not covered. To make matters worse, hospitals are not required to inform patients or family members whether a patient is just under observational care or not. Many Zoomers have seen thousands of dollars in unexpected medical and nursing home bills because of this rule. Meanwhile, many American Zoomers are already feeling the financial pinch. A poll released by the AARP found that only 54% of people between the ages of 50 and 64 are satisfied with their personal financial situation. Furthermore, almost two-thirds of the people polled say they're expecting to delay retirement, and exactly half say they're not confident they'll be able to retire at all. This poll confirms the global trend of Zoomers working later into life. There are hundreds of thousands of people in London watching the Olympic Games, and a new trend is helping them become a little more like the athletes they're watching. Adult playgrounds or outdoor gyms have been popping up in the United Kingdom for the past few years. Exercise bikes, weight benches, high bars, and cross trainers can now be found in many public spaces, encouraging people to get their recommended daily exercise without having to pay the high costs of going to a gym. The initiative began in 2007 and has grown rapidly since then. The London borough of Camden alone now has nine of these outdoor facilities. And finally this week, the world lost a fashion icon. 
Anna Piaggi, the Italian fashionista and journalist, passed away at the age of 81. Piaggi began her career as a translator at the Mondadori Publishing Company. She went on to write about fashion for magazines like Vogue Italia. Her eccentric and flamboyant style made her stand out at fashion shows around the world, and her gigantic wardrobe was recently put on display at the Victoria and Albert Museum in London. She was also a major influence on the famous designer Karl Lagerfeld. He published a sketchbook of her creations and once wrote, "Anna invents fashion." I'm Libby Zimmer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. At the age of 52, she's just collected a silver medal in London. It's actually her fifth piece of Olympic hardware, and these were her seventh Olympic Games. The amazing Leslie Thompson Willey, coxswain of the women's eight boat, is the only woman in rowing to make these milestones. I reached her in London, England. We're so happy that we reached you, and congratulations! Oh, thank you very much. It was a wonderful race. Tell me a little bit about it now. First of all, Leslie, you are the only Canadian ever to have won medals in five different Olympic Games. What do you think of that achievement? Means I've been around for a long time. I guess experience counts for something. Oh,、uh, we've been working for this for four years. Every quadrennial, it's often a new team.、Uh, you don't have very many holdovers from Olympics to Olympics,、uh, other than myself. Uh, although we do have a couple of women、uh, in the boat, that it was their third Olympic experience.、Uh-huh. But、uh, you know, it, it's、uh, it, it's been a great accomplishment. It's been a been a long long journey, and、uh, we we were ready to race and and、uh, see what happened. What, what did it feel like at that moment, being on the podium, even though you've been there before?、Uh, I, I think for us, it was a little bit. We had to process coming second. We had.、Uh, Geared towards winning, we raced to win. That had been our goal all all year.、Uh, we definitely were hitting the marker post. So it took a minute to process. Okay, we came second, but we knew all along that that we would probably、uh, be first or second. Although we were very aware that the Dutch and the Romanians and a couple, maybe even the British, had some some speed, so that they would be a threat for、uh, a medal as well. But so we took a minute. We processed. Okay, we're second. But you've got to stand on an Olympic podium and be happy to win a medal because it is not easy to win an Olympic medal. Now,、uh, how long have you been involved with the sport? Since 1978, <laughs> and my first, yeah, a long time. It was、uh, a little bit of a break after、uh, 2000, and I went into coaching. In 2004, during the Athens Games, I was coaching、uh, under 23. Canadian women in rowing, and actually, my athletes won won a gold medal at that、uh, world championship. So that that was a great break for me. And then I went back into coxing, and as an athlete, as of two hundred and six. So as of two thousand six, I was back in the boat. Now you're fifty two years old, I believe, right? I am. Now that is a shining example. I mean, what do you think about still being involved with sport at this level at that age? Difference I really notice is I used to used to be able to operate on four or five hours sleep and I can't do that anymore. I need about eight or nine. Other than that, as long as I'm getting a lot of sleep and、uh, managing my time well, it, I, I'm really fit and I feel good and I'm still learning. So I, I think it's it's possible. I know there's a lot of Olympic athletes here that are now in their late thirties and in their forties. 
And is is coxing one of the few things that you can do into uh, an older age? Well, I think the the actual physical demands on on my my role are not as great as they are as if you were actually rowing yourself. You're basically the captain. What I do is I'm like a, a coach and an athlete. It takes a lot of fitness just to sit there, to stay steady, uh, make sure my heart rate is low, and then I, I act like a quarterback as well, calling plays, changing strategy during the race. Do you have plans? Are you going to keep on with the Olympic team? Are you going to keep coxing? Oh, I, that, that I don't know. I would say probably not, but, you, you know, if you, it's one of those things you say, oh, I'll never do it again, and then you, you're eating your words four years later. But I think at this point, after eight Olympic teams, it's probably time to say that's enough. But be involved in some capacity. Uh huh. And do you know? Uh, are you? Do you know who the oldest Cox at this these Olympics would have been? Did you have? Uh, a little... Yeah, probably, probably me. How does uh, experience influence a young team? We all bring something to the table. So I'm I'm bringing experience. I've been there. You try not to say, "Well, we did this and then this," but when you see something, you'll say, "Well." Maybe we could try it this way, or they come up with an idea, and you might just turn it around a little bit and say, okay, that that sounds great, and then I learned something. It, it's kind of a give and take. And and did there feel like there was a generational divide between you and the rest of the team? No, no, but that's that's because of, because of team dynamics, and it was structured that way. And I think probably if you were working in an environment where you can – that kind of divide can be created. You know, everybody's on the same page with the same goal and looking for excellence. So they're not interested in how old you are. They're interested in who's going to do the best job. What do you have to say to Zoomers about the ability to stay fit as you get older and the importance of that? Well, I would say first and foremost for me is it's important to to, to be flexible in terms of of your, your, your flexibility and also for strength training. As long as you keep moving, that's what's important. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us, and once again, our congratulations. Oh, thank you very much, Libby. That was Leslie Thompson-Willie, the coxswain of the silver medal-winning women's eight rowing team, which makes her now a five-time Olympic medalist and the only Canadian to win medals at five different games. I'm Libby Zneimer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. It's time for a quick break, but stay tuned. In just a moment, we're going to the movies with CARP. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Whether you're a bona fide film buff or you're just looking for some cool entertainment on a hot night, CARP has a classic film series that will fit the bill. Adina Lebo, chair of CARP's downtown Toronto chapter, dropped by to tell me about it. Hi, Adina. Hi, Libby. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for coming. It's great. We are very, very excited about our uh, film series. We're right now in the middle of the summer series, which is uh, the British Invasion, commemorating the Queen's uh, Jubilee anniversary. And we've put together uh, a series of films every Monday night at the Carlton Cinema starting at 730 
on August the 13th, we're into Britcom. So we have a different selection of two films every Monday night. Uh, It's a very interesting program because we have speakers uh, who come and give people a little bit more information on the directors and the actors of the time. Our audiences tend to be people who grew up in the era and who love to see the old black and white films. And uh, they come with their grandchildren and younger kids who are being introduced to film international film for pretty well the first time. And do you get the talk before you see the film or after you see the film? You get the talk before you see the film. So, you know, uh, the next one uh, on August the 13th uh, will be uh, some specialist coming in to talk about comedy. Uh, So how many people come out for this? It's very well attended. We have over 120 people who come out. Uh, It depends on the nature of the film, but, uh, you know, comedies and dramas, uh, Shakespeare, they all get their own audiences. Uh, Young and old, people seem to uh, be thrilled to be uh, at the movie theater, especially on very hot evenings. What's the admission fee and do you have to be a member of CARP or...? You don't have to be a member of CARP. You certainly get a discount if you are a member of CARP, and that's a great incentive. We get 15% off uh, the price of their tickets. Which is? Uh, The price of the ticket is $15 a night, so 15% is significant. You can also buy a season subscription, uh, and we get uh, another 20% uh, off on a season subscription. And is there an opportunity to mix and mingle with your fellow moviegoers? Absolutely. You know, film buffs are film buffs and they love to talk film. And I love going because everybody knows so much about the actors and the directors and the different genres. So if you want to learn about film, it's really a great way to do it. And uh, can you sign up and join CARP while you're right there? You absolutely can. There are brochures on the table. I've seen to that one. And uh, we are encouraging all our CARP members to go take advantage of this. What are we going to see on August the 13th? Well, on August the 13th, we have a double bill, uh, The Ghost Train from 1941 uh, with Walter Ford and Herbert Lomas, and uh, that's a, a, a mystery, as well as the second one uh, is called The Sleeping Car to Trieste, uh, The Orient Express. Uh, this was the precursor to the Orient Express. And this one is with Rona Anderson, John Patty Carstairs, and Gene Kent. And I know that I'm giving the talk on the next one, the Britcoms, and that one will be on August the 20th. Uh-huh. And what, what, what are you going to be giving the talk on? Uh, a comedy, comedy traditions and genres mm. in, in uh, English film, early English film from the 30s and 40s. Cool. Absolutely. Okay. Sounds excellent. Adina, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Libby, for having me. That was Adina Lebo, chair of the downtown Toronto CARP chapter. I'm Libby Zneimer, and you're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. This week, the world lost Marvin Hamlish, the composer behind great film scores like The Sting, Ordinary People, and Sophie's Choice, as well as the Broadway smash hit A Chorus Line. In just a moment, we'll pay tribute to Marvin with some of his great work, and we'll hear what he had to say about his life and career when he spoke to the new AM740 last summer. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Zneimer. It's time now for your International Arts Datebook. 
tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. In New York City, it's all the buzz on Broadway. Mike Tyson, Undisputed Truth, wraps up this weekend. Legendary director Spike Lee is staging the one-man show, which stars Iron Mike himself. Mike and I have known each other since 86, but I bet he's learned things about me and I've learned things about him that we didn't know. But it's, I, I just think it's, it's a great story. Mike Tyson's biographical show about his boxing career is at the Long Acre Theater on West 48th Street. At the Museum of Modern Art, American filmmakers and twin brothers Stephen and Timothy Key are the focus of a new exhibit. The museum surveys their long career with animated and live-action films exhibited alongside installations, objects, and drawings. In Paris, French comedian Olivier Giraud is on stage with How to Become Parisian in One Hour. His show is all in English, and he takes a few digs at his fellow citizens with a touch of tenderness and lots of self-criticism. And in Rome, the ongoing Roman Summer Festival offers visitors jazz, rock, and classical music, along with film and theater. I'm Jane Brown with the International Arts Book. Thanks, Jane. On Monday, the prolific Broadway and film composer Marvin Hamlish passed away suddenly after a brief illness. He leaves behind an incredible body of work. He was perhaps best known for his Broadway musical, A Chorus Line, but he also wrote the iconic film scores for Ordinary People, Sophie's Choice, and Take the Money and Run. He won three Academy Awards, two for his soundtrack to the film The Way We Were, and one for his adaptation of Scott Joplin's ragtime music for The Sting. However, when Hamlish spoke to the new AM740 last summer, he said out of all his achievements, his greatest accomplishment was the longevity of his career. The fact that I'm still around, the fact that I did Chorus Line when I was almost 30 years old, it's 36 years later, I'm still here and there's still people who want to talk to me. That to me is a big deal because... When you conduct these days, as I do, a lot of Pops concerts, you realize that a lot of people that were stars years ago are, are, are not to be found anymore or, or not around. Or if they're around, they're not doing as well, whatever. I'm not saying that I'm at the peak of my career now, but I am saying I'm still around, I'm still doing things, I'm still conducting, still composing. And so that, to me, is a, is a major achievement. One singular sensation
That was one, the famous tune from Marvin Hamlish's Broadway production, A Chorus Line. Hamlish passed away this week at the age of 68. I'm Libby Zneimer, and that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I hope you'll join us next week when we celebrate the anniversary of Woodstock. We'll see you then. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing and Sun Life Financial. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.